Welcome to The Only Way Is Through, a collaboration between Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Episode 6, Chase Young, The Devil's in the Details. Every so often a player comes along that redefines their position and alters the trajectory of their game. A player that's so strong, so impactful, they set new standards for their sport and elevate the talent pool of a generation. Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, Bo Jackson. Athletes like these defied expectation, and by reimagining the way their sports were played, they paved a new path for those that follow in their footsteps. Chase Young is no exception. The Ohio State defensive end is touted as one of the greatest to ever play the position. With long dreads and a penchant for destroying quarterbacks, the Predator is an absolute menace on the field. At six foot five inches, 265 pounds, Chase dominated college play, breaking the single season sack record with 16.5 in his last year. Now, after being chosen second overall by the Washington Redskins, Chase is ready to defy expectations at the highest level. The only thing left for him to do is to get to work and dominate. Ferguson, the tight end at the bottom of your screen. Watch him. He's got great hands. Cone. And in trouble. Cone had it stripped by guess who? Chase Young. Don't leave out the defense. This guy's the most disruptive player in America. Cal sat down with Chase to hear his story. Here's Cal. I'm wondering, what's the most amount of players that have ever been sent up to stop you in a game? Uh, I've been triple teamed. What does it feel like when you're triple teamed? Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> you know, it's three guys. I mean, I'm not Superman. Even for Superman, I feel like it would be hard for him to get away from uh, three people. It's definitely not fun, but, you know, it's part of the game. And it's something that you have to uh, work around. And that's something I try to do during the season. What about the off season? Because I know this when I was talking to Kobe Bryant, he told me that for him, the off season was one of the keys to his success. Do you have the same kind of pattern? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I like to look at uh, maybe a few weaknesses I had in my past season and new stuff that, you know, I want to add to my arsenal going on to the next season. And then, you know, just staying sharp on the things that you already do well because, you know, you can always be better. Only thing I'm, I feel like I'm going to do is get faster and stronger because I feel like I'm on a mission and I have, a, you know, a lot that I want to accomplish. That's Mo Gibson, Chase's trainer and strength coach. Mo's worked with Chase for the last five years. The two have a unique bond. Sometimes father figure, sometimes older brother. Mo has always been in Chase's corner. Here's Mo. Chase always wanted to be the best guy that I've ever trained. That was his first sentence when he came into my gym. I want to be the best that you ever trained. Now, Chase going to motivate himself, if that, if that makes any sense. After the Wisconsin game, when he had four sacks, we probably spent an hour on the phone 
because he was upset that he felt he should have had six. That's another thing that I I try to get on him early about. When you make a mistake, because mistakes going to happen, no matter who you are, they're, go they're going to happen, and it's all about how you bounce back from it. Chase is, is, is his biggest critic, right? There are times where Chase felt, hey, I could I could have had another sack or another two sacks or – you know, this team always triple teaming me or or they, they sending four guys at me. And it's like, okay, Chase, let that play go. Let that game go. Now it's time to prepare for the next game. Ron Rivera is the head coach of the Washington Redskins. Ron's an NFL legend. He played in Super Bowl twenty for the all-time great 85 Bears and coached the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 50. Here's Ron. You have to have the, the physical attributes. You know, he does. He's got the size. He's got the length. Uh, he, he's got the explosiveness. And he also has the mentality. He's a very bright young man who understands the game, understands philosophies, understands techniques, understands the core basic fundamentals of the position. It's every parent's job to encourage their kids on the path to success. Chase's father, Greg, saw a promise in his son from an early age. He and his wife, Carla, made sure Chase had every opportunity to achieve. Here's Greg Young. I knew at five years old what I had. He liked to perfect everything. And if he threw you the ball, he expected you to catch it. And I said, Chase, you have to understand it. Everybody's parents don't go outside with them every day and throw the ball around and shoot baskets. Why, when you're throwing the ball to a, another six-year-old, if he drops it, that's not his fault. Every year, it just got... Worse, but when I use the word worse, it got worse for the opposing team. But, you know, it was fun for us. Here's Carla Young. When he went to the math that I would get there an hour early, watch him warm up all through college, he has to come see me and give me a kiss. And that's what he did. And in high school, it's like, you don't give your mother a kiss before the game. That's what the coaches would say when he first started. After that first game and saw how he played, it's like, go kiss your mother. Keep kissing her. Keep kissing her. <laughs> Here's Mo again. So I, I'm sure mom or dad have probably told you, Chase thinks he's a model and, and nobody's going to be able to tell him that he's not. Uh, he thinks he's an R&B singer. Who knows? He might come out with an album next week. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, he has a great body. He, he's put the time and effort to it. But Chase loves to work out. He loves to work hard. He knows it's a, it's a target on his back. But the same way how we started, is the same way how we're going now. I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of weight might change, the amount, amount of reps might change, but we're going at it in every offseason the same way. We, we just have our goals set, and then we're going after them. Your dad is taller than you, correct? Yeah. Uh, and he had a growth spurt toward the end of his teenage years. Yes. And so do you see yourself growing even more? I hope not. <laughs> you don't, don't want to grow. grow anymore. I'm good right where I'm at. Right where I'm at, I'm good. So I don't even like talking about it. <laughs> like, why would that be? Because wouldn't like an extra two inches make it harder for the quarterback to see over you when you're coming out? Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm bad at balls down now. I'm tall enough that I feel like, you know, um, everything I've accomplished, they, they feel me enough. I don't have to be 6'8 or 6'9. <laughs> I'm, I'm good right here where, where, where I'm at. 
What about attention to detail in diet? Has that changed over the years for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a pescatarian now. I try to say everything else I do is, is vegan other than, the, you know, the fish or shrimp that I eat. I don't eat dairy. And I, I try to stay away from white flour and stuff like that. So I'm definitely getting, a, you know, real detailed and real particular on just the things that I put in my body. When did that start? Um, it started in college. I would say around my the end of my sophomore year going into my junior year. And, and you gained a bunch of weight. Uh, between the sophomore and junior season. So how did that happen? Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of protein and things you need in fish. It's other proteins and uh, certain vegetables that you can get. You don't just have to get your protein and things you need from animals. You know, I just try to get a, a lot of it from vegetables. I feel like when I look at my plate, I feel like at least 85 to 90% of the things on my plate have to be from the ground. So that's, if you want to look at it, that's how I look at it. So I definitely have a big piece of fish right there, but then everything else will be greens or sweet potatoes, pepper with bell peppers and onions, okra, tomatoes. It's, it's fish, but everything else is, you know, straight veggies for real. I'm really getting a sense of how detailed you look at a plate. What about when you look at yourself on film and you watch yourself, say, rushing the passer. What are the things that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at my first step, and uh, I'm looking at my get-off at the same time as my first step. I don't want my first step to be too short. I want it to be as big as possible. When I'm coming off the line, am I popping up high, or am I staying low, coming off the ball like I should be? Next thing I'm looking at is my steps up the field, my angle right to the quarterback. I feel like the second thing I would I would look at uh, is my hands. So obviously, I'm, I'm definitely going to use my hands on the pass rush or on the run game. So I would look at my hand placement, um, whether if I hit the guy's hands or I don't hit his hands down on the right points, either his elbows. This is a lot of stuff I can I can ramble on about. Uh, definitely uh, my hips and finish my burst, my burst to the quarterback. And the last thing is when I get to the quarterback, seeing if I was able to get the ball out. So it, it, it sounds like you have a kind of a unique way of, of practicing where you're focusing on little details. How, how, is there a certain way of practicing going after a ball that's going to be in all different possible places? Yeah, you just got to do it in practice repetition. Our scout team at Ohio State did a phenomenal job. You know, I would just do that every practice, every practice and, you know, just repetition. It turned out to be pretty good. And so what happens, you're the defensive player who's being considered for the Heisman, and you got all quarterbacks in there. It's the quarterbacks that are always getting looked at. What happens when you step in the room with those guys? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, off the field, you know, I'm a cool guy. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not too intense like I am on game day. I, I was just wondering if just you showing up brings a little shiver to a quarterback. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, a guy can be uh, as intimidating as he wants to. If he's not a good player between those white lines, then, you know, all that gets thrown out the window after the first play. You know, that first play, you're going to know how a guy is going to come for that whole game. That's why, you know, everybody always say the first play, you got to set the tone. So if the guy that's intimidating doesn't set the tone, it might be a long day for that guy. 
Each year before the draft, players and coaches are invited to the NFL Combine, a series of evaluations of strength and speed. Through tests like the 40-yard dash, vertical jump, and bench press, a college player can increase their draft value in the eyes of a coach or scout. Chase actually declined to participate in the physical portion of the combine. He already knew his value. Instead, he chose only to talk. That's when he met Coach Ron Rivera. It's those first impressions. You know, when you interview these guys at the combine and they walk in, you try to see how they walk in. Do they walk in confident? How are they dressed? Um, How do they address you? You know, when they talk to you, um, where are their eyes? I mean, you're looking for little, little tells that, that can really tell you that these, you know, whether or not he pays attention to the details or, or they just goes over the details. You know, interesting that men- you mentioned the combine because uh, he didn't have to participate in the combine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what might that do to the mentality of a player kind of knowing that, you know, I really don't have to be in this pot like everybody else because uh, I'm above it. That, that's an interesting point because he, he he never at any point seemed to be above it. He seemed to understand that, you know, that the most important thing was to get to meet the people, which I do agree. I think the combine is really more important in terms of for coaches, the opportunity to meet these guys. The tape is what really is important. And that's one of the things that when Chase and I talked for the first time at the combine, you know, um, you know what happened? I was kind of looking around and I noticed he was standing by himself very, you know, in, in a little corner. So I went over and we started talking and we spent about 15, 20 minutes a away from everybody and just talking to him, I had a feel that here's a young man that really wants to compete, that really wants to show you what he's all about. And he understands his situation and circumstances. Did, did you walk over to him? How, how did that all play out? When you're doing the interviews, you have specific rooms at, uh, at the stadium that you're using. And I popped out of mine and I saw him standing down the hall. And the first thing that everybody understood is that, you know, that if you weren't in the first five picks, you probably weren't going to interview Chase Young because you knew he was going to be a top five, you know, if he wasn't one or two. And so his his interview card list wasn't very long. So he had gaps in his interviews. So when I saw him standing there, I mean, he, he kind of looked like, you know, he was he was I don't want to say he, he was bored, but <laughs> he just kind of looked like here's a guy that nobody wanted to talk to. So I went over and introduced myself and and, and, and fortunate enough, he knew who I was, <laughs> who, who I am. And so we started talking and had a great conversation. You know, we were both kind of excited to talk to one another. This is somebody who gets up thinking about the way he's going to take his first step mm-hmm. and is, is he going to be low, low enough or whatever he has to be. He's thinking about this. Th- that was one of the things that did come across is that, is that he does think in those terms. It's like, as he watched himself on tape, he critiqued himself. Oh, I didn't, I was too high here. I've got to learn to stay lower. You know, my reach was good, but you know what? If I had taken one more step closer. Yeah. Is that, an oddity to find somebody that young thinking that way or do a lot of players at that level have that? The really good ones do. The ones that really pay attention to the details. Those are the kind of guys that that are going to get there and they're going to tell you those types of things. They're going to talk to you about football that way, about what they do, about their jobs. That's what you're looking for. Those guys that really seem to light up when they talk about the little details and the guys that seem to also be very honest when they critique themselves. One of the things that we look for during these conversations is, is a guy going to take responsibility for what he's doing or is he going to blame somebody else? 
Whoa, does that happen often? Because yes. I guess you've got guys whose future's on the line here and they can't look bad. Yeah, well, see, and a great example is you sit there and say, say so, so you said, Chase, Chase, what happened on this play? Oh, I went down inside. I shouldn't have gone inside. That's why the running back got outside. You know, but he said, I thought I could get underneath. You know, so no, just the fact that he's, first of all, thinking about an opportunity to make the play. But secondly, when the play went bad, he was willing to take responsibility. Those are the types of guys that you're looking for. Because, again, you know they'll learn from their mistakes, and that mistake's probably not going to happen again. Back to Chase and Cal. One thing I heard when you were playing flag football as a kid, that there were times where you would tackle the people first and then pull their flags out. Is that a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. It was young boy football, but, uh, you know, sometimes it get real intense, you know, with the parents and everybody, and they going at it. So you a kid, it's like, you know, you got to go too. The dude, the people on the other team kept trying to smack my hand down and the rest wasn't calling it and it was illegal. So the only way I could get that flag down is if I went over there and like grabbed him first. And usually when I when I tried to grab him, <laughs> all my force just went to a tackle. So then I would tackle and, and rip their flag off because, you know, they, they, they wasn't playing by the rules. Now I got it. So what happened when they when they went down? Where they started to complain after you took him down and started taking the flag off? Well, yeah, you, it was a uh, it was a real intense game. It was like they were tackling our kids, our kids was tackling their kids, almost like a free for all type game. And you know, it didn't get too out of hand, but it was definitely intense. Here's Greg Young. Chase was a daredevil type of kid, age three. I never really taught Chase how to ride a bike. He learned on his own. He would just fly down the hill and crash into the bushes. Everything he did as a kid was always at a next level. He played flag football. He would run kids down at five years old, grab them, slam them on the ground, and then take the flag. And I'm like, whoa, I've never told him to do that. But I said, you know what? This is an aggressive kid at five. And it's, it's just gonna stay this way for the rest of his life. So what, what I had to do in our family, we had to manage his aggressiveness. Uh, he hated to lose. He wanted to perfect everything. But um, I, tell, I, I would tell any parent who can afford it, you know, put your kid on the biggest stage you can put them on academically, socially, you know, athletics, just put them on the biggest stage. Here's Mo Gibson. Every day he comes in at he comes in to work. There's not a time that he leaves out without speaking to everybody. If if one of the little kids wanted to take a picture, he makes time to do that. You know, he makes time to even stick around to talk about their form. He'll sit there and stand and say, "No, take the, take the leg back." Or I, I know you didn't count those three reps. You did them wrong. Like you can't count bad reps. And you know. These kids are, you know, big eyes and they'll they'll give them another three reps because it's chasing them. The fact that he takes time and doing those things like for those kids, I can tell you that I know Chase remembers those feelings, how he felt growing up. And I just believe he's always going to make time to impact these kids lives. I am more enthused about the impact he's going to make off the field 
than the impact he's going to make on the field. I think without a doubt, he's, he's going he's gonna to make a name for himself. He's going to make noise on that field each and every Sunday or Monday whenever he plays. But that impact and that legacy that he's going to leave from what he will do off the field, I just think is is you couldn't even measure that. Ron Rivera, once more. You've been in the league for a while now. 34 uh, years. <laughs> yeah. Do you develop like a long-term vision for how you would like this to play out? Yeah, you know, having been a head coach prior, it's kind of like you have a three-year, five-year, seven-year plan where you like to see where you are and correlate it to where you want to be. You know, by the time we get to that third season, I want to have established a sustainable winning culture. I want young men like Chase to be part of that culture, okay, and winning football games and want to get an opportunity to go and play in the big game and play in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, that I think is something that's real important that everybody understands that our intent is, is to win. And that's what we're here to establish and set that up. And being able to draft guys like Chase is very important. Do you think where Chase might be 10, 15 years from now, how far can he go? Oh, gosh. You know, I was fortunate enough to have been around Julius Peppers. You know, here's a guy that played 15, 16 years in the league. If Chase can stay healthy, if things can, can work in his way, he has a chance to have that kind of a career. And and so I'm excited for a young man like that because he's, he's a quality young man, great upbringing, um, understands his responsibility to his community. And you want guys like that to succeed because they're great examples for the young men and women that come up after him. Is there a way Chase fits into your defensive philosophy specifically? Absolutely. You know, and that's probably the biggest thing that drew us to us was his attack mentality. So we want to be an aggressive downhill attacking defense. We want the defensive line to have the attitude, the motto that we're going to play the run on our way to the quarterback. And so when that ball snapped, we're attacking the line of scrimmage. We're getting across the line of scrimmage. We're getting into that into that backfield. And if oh, and by the way, if they hand the ball off, we're there to make the tackle. And if they haven't, we've already attacked the quarterback. We've already gone upfield. Now the rest of it is just getting to the ball. That sounds like the Bears in 85. That's exactly where that comes from. Clifford. On trouble, sacked again. Guess who, folks? The mighty Chase Young. Some people are saying you could be the greatest defensive end of all time. When you hear that, do you just try and mute it? Or what do you do with it? You know, I feel like uh, potential can be somebody's worst nightmare. And, you know, if you listen to that and uh, you take it to heart, it can do a lot of things to you, but I feel like a lot of those things are bad. And I feel like that's going to have an effect on how detailed you are. going to affect your drive. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going in as a rookie. You know, I haven't done anything this time from scratch. So, you know, that's my mindset going in. Um, you know, just a, just a hungry dog trying to eat. Was there any detail in your mind that got you to the Redskins, a team that's playing right in your backyard? Hmm. Um, I mean, I know going into the draft, I, I started hearing, uh, you know, that the Redskins could have picked me at number two. And, then, you know, that's something I was hearing all season. Um, you know, throughout that whole process, I wasn't too worried about the next level. I was really just focused on my time in college. You know, obviously we, we had a good run, went to the playoffs. 
So, you know, that's the only thing I was really focused on. I really didn't pay attention on who, um, you know, would pick me. But I'm, I'm going to put my best foot forward regardless. There's Ron Rivera, the new head coach of the Washington Redskins. And we believe the pick is in. Let's see what Washington is going to do. Once more, let's go to Roger Goodell. With the second pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young. Congratulations, Chase. This year's draft was unlike any that came before it. In order to adhere to social distancing protocols, players were notified at home instead of being called up on stage in front of a packed audience. But still, the excitement of the moment remained the same. Was it a pretty much a foregone conclusion that Cincinnati was going to go with their quarterback and... When that happened, what was your reaction? Well, I was 99.9% sure they were going to take the quarterback. You know, he, he was the obvious pick, or at least we believed he was the obvious pick. And once it happened, it was it was excitement and relief. Okay, we're finally here. It's our pick. He's our guy. And so as we went through the process, you know, Cincinnati made their pick. We're on the clock. So the first thing is, okay, everybody's set. Chase is our guy. So we call get him on the phone. I talked to him for a little bit. Uh, then I said, hey, Chase, let me talk to your father. And I looked down at Chase's phone and I saw the name Ron Rivera. And I was like, Chase, he's calling you. I didn't know that he was going to uh, tell Chase, you know, to put me on the phone and, and let me know first. So I was kind of shocked. But when I got the phone, what he said was he said, uh, how you doing, dad, and everything, and give you the honor of letting your family and your son know that he's going to be a Redskin. That was real big, the way he handled that. You know, I, I thought that was real, that was real big of him. Knowing all the work I put in over the years and everything, that kind of made it all worth it. That I was able to tell my son he was going to be a Redskin. Here's Mo Gibson. To watch him, even like at the draft, you know, hearing his name called and just knowing all the work that he's put in, all the spring breaks he missed out on in college. These are things that people don't see and people don't realize there's so many sacrifices that's made. So when it comes to that draft day, everyone says, hey, I, you know, I wish I, I wish that was me. But people don't understand everything that was given up, sacrifice. His spring break was coming home. And sometimes Friday night, he would just come past the gym just to say what's up, see how things were going. And the next question was always, hey, Coach Mo, can I come on Saturday and start getting to work? I, and I know I made a joke. I was like, Chase, how you know I want to be in here on Saturday? Come Saturday, what time on Sunday? What time we want to hit the field on Sunday? What time, you know, the sacrifices, man. And you're talking about just the different decisions that he's made. And, and we're talking about a, a 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kid. Coach Mo decided to have an 8 a.m. workout or a 7 a.m. workout. You, you know, you got a choice. You don't have to come. That's a decision you decide to make. Now, sometimes was the 8 a.m. or the 7 a.m. workout, was that, was that a part of my plan? Yeah, it was. You know, where, where you're going to make a decision. Each and every time he chose to work out over whatever else that was going on. So to just watch him run out on that field in that Jersey 99 and watch him impact the game, I think I can't wait to just see him run out. Just to see him run out with the team on an NFL team, it's just, just that. I mean, that's the dream. That's the dream right there. It doesn't matter how many games you win, this or that. I mean, I know he'll want to win, 
But as far as what your goal was, you've reached your goal. And like I always tell them, keep doing what you're doing. When he, you know, high school, when you went to college, just continue doing what you're doing. You don't have to change anything because you already work hard. I'm not worried, but it, it, it does sit in my mind that my son is about to go up against grown, grown men who've been doing this for years. So that, that's a concern. It's not a worry. It's more of a concern. But um, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about it up until that first game. I know he'll be ready. He's not scared. He's never had a fear of anything. I know he's going to be ready. It's going to be a challenge for him. And it's going to be a challenge at, at the highest level for Chase. So, yeah, when I talk to him, we, that's what we talk about, staying healthy, uh, keeping your life right, eat right, do everything right, invest in your body, because his body is his, his corporation now. So that's, that's what I would talk to my son about. I'm just wondering if you have any advice for young athletes coming up about installing details in their own lives. I feel like uh, to all the young kids out there, start being detailed now because you're going to recognize, you know, as you get older, you're going to have to get more and more detailed, especially when you start going to the workforce, especially when one day you have a family. Use me as an example. If I was detailed on the field, not but off the field, I wasn't detailed. Later down the line, you know, I might have a slip up off the field throughout each part of your life. I feel like everything has to be just sharp in, in every area so you can be the best player, the best, you know, worker, the best mom or dad, you know, just the best person that you can be. You know, there was one video I saw of a six-year-old kid. I don't know if you saw it celebrating. His name was Chase. Oh, I didn't see that. You, oh, man, you got to see <laughs> yeah, this. Somebody to see. Six-year-old kid, and he's wearing a Redskin jersey. He's a Redskin fan. And so his dad's watching the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, and the six-year-old named Chase sees you playing, and you become his favorite player. Oh, <laughs> when you see this kid's reaction, it was like a hundred times your reaction. <laughs> he was so happy. Listening to you, it seems like whatever was going to happen, you're just going to keep taking this detailed process forward as far as it was going to get you. Yeah, 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 definitely. I feel like just, I mean, it's not even really a thought anymore. Um, I never really thought about being detailed. It's just, just something I do. Part of it's just my life. Everything has to be detailed. Uh, you know, I feel like for me to be at my best. You've, you've really improved me just thinking about how you approach life. Oh, thank you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. Um, it makes me feel good, man, that I, you know, inspiring, you know, a young kid coming up. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things that I wanted to, to do, you know, by playing this game is because is, obviously I was that kid one day that uh, was looking up at the screen and saying, um, you know, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. Uh, you know, it feels great, man. There's something that I'm definitely going to try to keep on doing. And just, uh, you know, and I feel like just being being at my best, that that would definitely help me make an impact on the field. And, and hopefully, you know, my impact can inspire people around the world. This has been The Only Way Is Through, a podcast collaboration between Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Join us next time to hear more stories of athletic performance and what it means to push yourself through.